Welcome to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance with Monique Malcolm, a podcast about brilliant people leveraging their passions to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the course of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast or come hang out with me on Instagram at starchasersonly. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, Star Chasers, welcome to the first mini-sode of the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast. This is when I do a solo episode and I talk about some of the things that happened in previous episodes, give advice, answer listener questions, the whole nine. But this week, I want to kind of circle back to a conversation I have with many people, and that's about how to get things done when you still work a full-time job. There are things that you can do that will help you get more work done and not feel burnt out or frazzled. So I wanna give you some practical tips and advice about how you actually fit in your after hours work. Because let's be honest, if you are creative or you have an idea, maybe you don't wanna work for somebody's company your entire life. Or maybe you do wanna work for somebody, but you want to start a side hustle or have side income, or maybe you just have goals that you want to achieve outside of work and they're large and you need some help getting those things done. So that's what we're going to talk about today in this episode. The first thing that I would suggest that you do if you are wanting to do some big projects or tasks outside of work is to get realistic about how much time you have available after hours. You don't have a full 40 hours to dedicate to the work or to your goals. So you really need to zone in and figure out how much can I get done? You know, every day after work or on the weekends, whatever the time frame it is that you're working with, you need to be really clear on how much work you can actually get done. Do you have 30 minutes? Do you have an hour? Do you have five hours? The mileage there is going to vary and it's going to depend on your schedule and your personal commitments. But what I want you to pay attention to here is how much time is available, how much time is open for you. So the way that you can do this, and I have a spreadsheet for this, it's in the show notes. Um, You can get access for it there. But using a spreadsheet to map out your weekly time commitments. So we're accounting for your actual work hours. So if you actually work nine to five, you need to black out that part of your schedule. But also accounting for other things like your actual time away from home. So how long does your commute take? If your commute takes 30 minutes, Put that into your schedule and think in terms of round trips. So the 30 minutes before work, 30 minutes after work, that's an hour that's gone. You need to plug that in. Think about your routine. So how long does your morning routine take? How long does it take you to get ready in the morning? That needs to go on your schedule. Meal preparation, any other recurring thing or commitment that you have on your schedule, that needs to go on your spreadsheet. Because what we're looking for here is what is a realistic amount of time that I have available. And the only way you're going to be able to see that is by making sure you input all of your commitments. So if you take karate after work or you have to go to your kids soccer games, that all needs to go in there. And then the final thing is inputting your ideal sleeping hours. So if you know you're a person that needs seven hours a night to function, go ahead and map out when is your bedtime? What time are you going to be waking up? Once you have that all blocked off on your spreadsheet, the time that's left over is what you can spend working on your goals. So that's your first step, making sure that you know how much available after hour time you have. My second tip is to get clear about what you're working on. 
This one is another biggie because outside of really thinking about, okay, how much time do I have for this? You really need to know what exactly am I going to be doing with that time? Because when you have a limited amount of time, you really want to be clear on what you'll be working on after hours. So after your work is done for the day, after you've done whatever you needed to do for your family or for yourself, you need to be ready to dive right into that work during that available time. So creating an action plan is the best way to ensure that you're making progress towards your end goal. You can do this by simply outlining all of the steps needed to complete your project or goal. A really good system for this is some type of project management system or a planner. Shameless plug, the Visionary Journal has a section for you to outline your projects and it's called an action plan page. But you want to make sure that you have a chronological list of all the steps that need to be done to complete this project, this goal, whatever it is that you're working on. If you're launching a side hustle, your initial steps. You just want a straightforward breakdown of the tasks that you need to complete. Once you have all your tasks listed and it's chronological, you know what work you need to be doing. Once a week, ideally on Sundays, is a good time for you to map out what does this week look like. So you have your schedule, you know what your work week looks like, you know what your commitments after hours look like. Now taking that list of tasks and figuring out, okay, on Monday I can get this thing done or on Tuesday I can get this thing done, but being intentional ahead of time, planning for the work that you are planning to do and on what specific day is going to save you loads of time. It prevents time waste. You're not going to be wasting time thinking about, oh, well, what do I have to do or do I even have time to do this? You'll know because you've already kind of created an after work schedule for yourself. And the best thing is you'll execute your work faster because you'll be clear on what you're doing. And clarity breeds confidence and confidence fuels action. So if you ignore everything else here, making sure that you actually have an action plan, you know the work that you need to be doing and the steps, that is crucial here. The third step would be prioritizing the work that's gonna move the needle. And this is one of my things that I, I try to harp on more because the idea of busyness, oh, I'm so busy. I can't do this because I'm busy. The reality is everybody is busy, but not every single task that we do or every piece of work that we decide to be busy with is important. So here is how I define important work. There's four things that I consider to be important work. So important work is a project or a task that will generate an income on completion. If you have a project and completing this project is going to help you generate income right out the gate, it is important move that to the top of the list, get that knocked out. A task that's on your action plan. We just talked about your action plan. So those are the things that you need to get closer to completing your goal. So all of the tasks on your action plan, those are important because your goals are important. A task or project with a deadline, don't break deadlines. Make sure that you submit things on time. That is important work. And the last one is something that someone else is waiting to receive from you to move forward. Again, important work. Be a, a woman or a man of your word and try to get things to people on time. It just saves headache. It diffuses frustration and it allows the other person to move on with whatever it is that they're working on. So don't be the roadblock for their work. Just get that out of the way. So that's important. Be relentless when you're auditing your task list. So at the beginning of the week, when you are sitting down 
you're thinking about the work that needs to be completed. So your action plan, and maybe you have some things on your to-do list that you just need to do. They could be smaller tasks. Be relentless about whether or not that work is important. Run it against those four criteria that I just talked about. And if it's not, leave it until after the important work is done. So if you have an hour and a half to work on important work and you finish quickly, by all means, plug in smaller tasks or some busy work that needs to be done but may not be important. But important work first. Smaller, less important or busy work tasks, they get done after the fact or not at all. So my next tip is to batch schedule your work. And if you're not familiar with batch scheduling, all that means is grouping together similar or like tasks. So in this instance, if you are batch scheduling and you have blog posts or emails to write, instead of writing one newsletter at a time, maybe you're going to write two or three or all of the newsletters for the month, depending on how much work you have. But it's really moving away from doing one-off projects and doing several in one time block. So you're not switching between I'm writing an email now and then as soon as this email is done, I'm going to move on to building a website. You're just finishing all of those emails. You're doing several at one time. The logic here is that you're already in the mind frame and it takes more time to switch between tasks that are not similar. So if you just do similar tasks all at one time block, you'll save the mental fatigue and you'll actually get more things done. And it's a really great way to kind of build up a library of content if you're a blogger or somebody who creates a lot of content. If you just batch schedule and kind of assign a day or a time to do multiple ones, it gives you a storage of content to have on the back end. And this is also really great for social media. So batch scheduling tweets or taking pictures for Instagram, Facebook updates, creating images for your blog posts, all of those are things that could be batched into one time frame and you can get several things completed all at once. My next step is one of my favorites and that is work and focus sprints. I cannot overstate the awesomeness of staying focused, not looking for distractions and just getting the work done. This can be really hard because getting started is normally the hardest part. So there is a bit of discipline required when you're trying to focus, but the payoff is huge. So I definitely encourage you to try these methods. And the two methods I have for making sure that you stay focused on your work and doing focus sprints is the first one is the Pomodoro method. You may have heard of this. The Pomodoro method is 25 minutes of focused work. So you set a timer for 25 minutes and during that 25 minutes, you only focus on the task that you're doing. There's no such thing as a half Pomodoro. So whatever it is that you're working on for that 25 minutes, you work that full 25 minutes on that thing. So if it's taking pictures, you're taking pictures for 25 minutes. If it's outlining a speech that you have to write, you're writing that speech for 25 minutes. It's 25 minutes of focused work. And it's not a lot of time. It's just enough time that you can kind of get in a groove. But then after the 25 minutes is up, you get a five minute break. So that's enough for you to stretch, get some water, make a pit stop to the bathroom, whatever you need to do. Get yourself moving for a little bit and then you set the timer again for 25 minutes and you focus again. There's tons of apps available for the computer. There's tons of apps available for the iPhone. The one that I use on my computer is Tomato Timer and that's available in the App Store for Mac. And I have some 
other resources for the Pomodoro method. So I will list those in the show notes, but definitely give it a try. Even if you don't use a fancy app, everybody's phone has some type of a timer app. You can set it there. The other method that you can use is a weekly sprints. So for me, I don't multitask well. And the whole thing with these focused sprints, whether it's the Pomodoro method or using you know weekly sprints is that you don't multitask. You just focus on one thing at a time. So I know I don't multitask well when it comes to doing large projects. It's just too much for me to try to keep together launching this podcast and all of the stuff that goes into the initial setup while also trying to launch a course. I I just can't function and think about both of those big things at one time. So with weekly sprints, you're spending weeks at a time doing one project. So for me, the last couple of weeks I've been doing podcast stuff and that's all I've been really working on. There's some maintenance tasks that I have to do to just run and maintain my business. But for the most part, I focused on podcast stuff from researching, getting equipment, inviting guests, figuring out how to edit shows. I've just spent all of that time just doing podcast stuff. And now that I have a framework and I have a workflow for this, I now feel comfortable enough to move on to other things. But with the weekly sprint, you're just taking one project on at a time. A project can be one to two weeks. Ideally, you want to shoot for about two weeks. Most things can be done in about two weeks. And a project is anything that has multiple tasks or multiple steps that need to be completed. So a project could be launching a podcast. It could be starting a YouTube show, writing an ebook, getting a webinar set up and put together. All of those are projects. And each project is going to kind of determine you know, the scope of it and how much time it's going to take. But generally, most projects take about two weeks. You will have instances where they'll take more. So in those cases, maybe a project's going to take a month or two months. That's fine. Break it down into two-week sprints. So for two weeks, you're going to work on this project or this portion of the project and break it down like that. You do have some instances where a project may not take you two weeks. It will take you one. In that case, then, you know, you work on the project for that one week and then you build in another two-week project. At most, you should have about two projects a month. Any more than that, things start to kind of go off the rails a little bit. And there will be some instances where maybe you have a smaller project so it doesn't take as long and you can squeeze in something else smaller behind it. But generally, plan for about two projects a month. Having two projects a month, in addition to the Pomodoro method, and being really clear about the work that you have should keep you super busy But also you'll find that you will get a lot more done because you're not trying to do all of the things you're doing just one thing. You're making a focused effort towards one thing. My final tip is self-care over everything. When you work a full-time job, you're working a full-time job. You know, be conscious of the fact that you are spending a large portion of your week at your job. And that comes with its own headaches and its own stress. So don't feel like, in your off hours, you just have to work, 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 work. That leads to burnout. And you really need to protect yourself from that because burnout is just not good for anything. It leads to stress. It can lead to depression. There's so many things that are linked to being burnt out. So make sure that you are scheduling some time away from your work. You're scheduling some time to recharge. Don't let your well run run dry. So whatever you need to do, if you're a person that likes fitness related things, or time with friends and family to recharge and feel good again, 
Make sure you prioritize those things. Don't feel that just because you created a schedule, you have to be rigid and stick to it all the time. Listen to yourself, listen to your body, know when it's time to step away. And also don't feel guilty when you have to step away. That's the thing that I hear so many creatives talk about and I myself have struggled with that, which is just feeling guilty when you're not working. Like when you're away from your computer, feeling like, oh, I have to go, I need to do this, I have more work to do. Don't do that. That leads to burnout. Remember, slow and steady wins the race. So think about the slow burn. Nobody wants a candle that burns out in a flash. You want a candle that has a nice steady burn. And that's really what you should be aiming for when you have a goal or you're trying to launch a a side hustle or do anything outside of your work hours that requires a commitment of your time. So those are my tips. Hopefully you will find those useful. Please let me know how you like mini episodes because I plan to do them every other week. So today it's just a test, but I would love your feedback. You can definitely leave me feedback in the comments. And if you are new to the show and you like it, please subscribe in iTunes and leave me a review. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Learn more about this show and get access to show notes by visiting keepchasingthestars.com. While you're there, make sure you subscribe for updates. I'll be back next week. And in the meantime, go out there and pimp your brilliance.